So last, uh, also, I think the week after, the Sunday after this Sunday, Brother Justin Poindexter will be preaching the word. And also the last Wednesday of this month, Elder Harris will be uh, talking to us out of the book of Numbers, teaching. And uh, so uh, we have a lot of good and exciting things coming up. Praise God. Amen. All right. So uh, last week we finished off in the book of Numbers, or we started at the beginning of Numbers 10. Today we're going to start at Numbers 10, 35, and then we're going to jump into uh, 11 and 1. I have no idea how long I'm going to preach. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of stops that I can make. I'm going to make as many as I can because it's just packed full of stuff. And uh, wherever I stop, we'll stop and uh, pick it up next week if we have to. Somebody say amen. So 1035 says, and it came to pass when the ark was set forward that Moses said, rise up. Everyone said, rise up. Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered. And let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested, he said, return. Everyone say, return. Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. Now let's go to Numbers 11 and 1. Go to the right, you won't get left. Praise God. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Taberah, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. I'm going to be preaching out of 10, chapter 10, and the verses we read, where Moses says, Rise up, O Lord. And then he says, Return, O Lord. And I'm going to be preaching on the rising up and the returning of the Lord. The rising up and the returning of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, bless the preaching. Bless the saints. God, these are your people. They are wonderful people. I pray, God, that your blessings would shower them for the next few minutes of this service. Use me. Touch me in my body and my spirit so that I might be a tool for your service. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. We have discussed this in weeks prior, and I'm just going to touch on it for a second. The book of Numbers chronicles three distinct journeys that the children of Israel take after leaving Egypt. Where we are in the book of Numbers right now is the children of Israel's first journey. They have just finished organizing themselves in preparation to leave Sinai. They are leaving the mountain where they received the law of God. And I'm going to just stop here for a few moments and preach to you about the need to leave Sinai. You can't stay at Mount Sinai. Amen. And this is a big topic in Scripture. In fact, the Apostle Paul takes great uh, strides and effort to express this very idea about having to leave Mount Sinai in the book of Galatians. You see, in the days of Paul, 
uh, there had arisen a group of legalists, and they had entered the church of Galatia. And they were demanding that these new Christians who claimed to have connections and Abrahamic roots, amen, to obey the law. And they said, if you are really the sons of Abraham, amen, then you will obey the law that we received, amen. But Paul fires back to the legalists, and he reminds them that Abraham had two sons, amen. One was conceived naturally by a slave woman named Hagar, and the other was conceived later miraculously by a free woman named Sarah. Paul will then add an additional layer onto his allegory and his argument against legalism. And he will say that Mount Sinai is like being born unto Hagar. Because if you are born to a slave, then you are a slave as well. But Paul goes on to tell the Galatians that they cannot stay at Mount Sinai and that they must move on to Mount Zion, and that there has to be a moving and a transferring from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. And Paul says that Mount Zion is Sarah, the free woman, who was conceived, amen, who conceived a miraculous child. Not only was the child miraculous, he was also born free, because free women give birth to free children. Praise God. And so I just want to let you know, East Bay Bible Fellowship will not be staying at Sinai. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. <clears throat> we are going to avoid legalism. We are going to flee legalism. Praise God. And I want, to, I want to talk to you just for a few seconds about legalism because a lot of people don't understand what legalism is. A lot of people think that any church that has rules is a legalistic church. Amen. Nothing could be further from the truth. Christianity has plenty of rules. Uh, enough with all this funny business that says that Christians don't have rules. Every Christian church that's operating under the guise and the commandments of the Bible ought to have some rules. Praise God. But what Christians understand is that there are rules to rules. Amen. And in Christianity, the rule to all rules is that you cannot worship the rules. Legalism is not a question of whether a church practices modesty. It is a question of whether, amen, a church or a group of people have decided to worship rules. I know people that worship the rule that there is no rule. I know people that worship the rule that anybody who dresses modestly, praise God, or dresses modestly, amen, is legalistic. That is legalism. And I also know people that judge each other just by the way they dress, praise God. But they're not really actually worshiping Jesus. At some point, the worship of all the rules takes over. Let me tell you something. We don't worship rules around here. Praise God. We worship Jesus. And I'm just letting you know when you worship Jesus. You can dress modest and you can have patience with people who don't. Praise God. But when you are legalistic, amen, you become narrow-minded and closed off to all kinds of stuff. Praise God. We, we, we are not, amen, we are not going to abandon and forsake rules. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with rules. You need rules. Praise God. Everybody ought to have some rules in their life, but nobody ought to worship rules. Praise God. We worship Jesus and only Jesus. Praise God. And as we jump into chapter number 11, it drops us off in the middle of a mess. Chapter 11 and in verse 1 divulges that when the Israelites left Sinai, amen, the first thing they began to do was complain. And in so doing, they displeased God and kindled his anger. Moses does not 
document what it was that they complained about. Amen. And I, I am here to tell you that the reason Moses doesn't tell us what the complaint was about is because it doesn't matter. What Moses wants his audience to understand is that complaining is costly and that it's a fool's sport. It does nothing but attract the anger of God. Amen. Philippians 2 and 14, the NLT version says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you amen when it comes to complaining people amen christians amen are only deceiving themselves to think that anyone would be attracted to a religion whose members are dissatisfied with life and always complaining amen complaining while calling yourself a christian only results in being criticized as the verse says from those outside the church and let me just tell you something we live in a day and an age where there's a pretty uh the word complaining is not even frowned upon that much but let me just tell you god frowns upon complaining God don't like complaining, praise God, because it's a thin line between complaining and complaining about God. Amen. There's nothing wrong with telling the waiter that your soup is cold. There's something wrong with telling the waiter you can't believe you got a cold bowl of soup. Praise God. That's when you cross that line and you get into complaining. Hey, listen, nobody here deserves a bowl of soup. Praise God. If you get one, you ought to be happy. You ought to praise God about it. Praise God. And I don't care if you're eating at Shea Wee Wee's, praise God, or at Sherry's. Praise God. You ought to be thankful, praise Praise God. And you ought to do everything without complaining. Praise God. You ought to wake up without complaining. Praise God. Don't nobody want to be around a complainer. Amen. And I'm just telling you, complaining is a tricky little thing. Praise God. Because uh, you, won't find, you won't find more complaints in all of the Bible than in the book of Job. Amen. Yet the Bible says that Job never sinned with his mouth. And so the question is, how do we reconcile this? The, the answer is simple. Amen. Job complained to God not about God. Amen. Every complaint, every gripe, amen, every worry, every doubt, every fear that Job had, he took it to the Lord in prayer. You're free to go tell God that you're tired of getting cold bowls of soup all day. Praise God. But while you're out in public, watch how you talk. Amen. While you're at your home in front of your kids and in front of your spouse or all alone, watch how you talk. Praise God. God don't like complaining. Praise God. Somebody help me preach. Praise God. Amen. Folks get too used to just wanting to file a complaint. We think that's a virtuous thing. Everybody want to talk to the manager. We got to watch it. It kindles the anger of God. The Bible tells us that the fire of the Lord went out among the people and it burned them. It is here that the sobering reality and truth of Moses' beautiful prayer and praise comes into full focus. We can ask God to rise up against his enemies. But when he returns, we must exercise great caution to not become his new enemies. Amen. Because when God returns and he sits among his people, he's not trying to find a new set of enemies. And nobody knew this better than Moses. You know, a lot of people are under the delusion that God can't turn on you. God loves us. God cares for us. Amen. And, uh, but let me tell you something. God can turn on you real quick. Praise God. God can become angry with you. God still gets angry with people. Praise God. And Moses understood this. In fact, one of the most ph phenomenal events in all of Moses' life can be found in Exodus chapter 3 and 4. 
In Exodus chapter 3, Moses finds out that under the power and the auspices of God, his rod, his staff can do some pretty neat stuff. He throws it on the ground and it becomes a snake. He picks it back up and it becomes a stick again. Praise God. And this is, this is, this is, this is exciting. Moses never knew that his staff can do this. But then you fast forward, amen, into Exodus chapter 4. And Moses is ready to go into Egypt, but he is he has acted foolishly. Amen. He did not circumcise one of his sons. Somewhere along the line, Moses thought, you know what? I already got one taken care of. The other one's not that big of a deal. And the Bible says that the Lord moved against Moses and he just about killed him. Amen. And if it was not for his wife, Zipporah, who jumped in and performed a, the rite of circumcision. Amen. Moses would have died. And God was showing Moses, amen, I can scatter my enemies, but don't you become my enemy. Praise God. Because when I'm among you, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm watching you. Amen. And I demand and I expect some respect. Praise God. And, and I have some expectations of you. Amen. In fact, most Jewish and rabbi scholars believe, amen, that what actually happened was that the same rod that had turned into a serpent at the burning bush was now a rod turning into a snake and constricting Moses. And there's actually a lot of evidence for that in the Hebrew language because the Bible says that the Lord released him. Praise God. He let him go. Amen. You can't release something that you've not, amen, wrapped yourself around. Hallelujah. And so that same rod, God was showing him way back there. Amen. You got to be careful with the power of God. You got to be careful with the power, amen, that's now resident among you. Praise God. You can't get silly and careless with it. Amen. Hallelujah. And it is no wonder that in this 11th chapter, when the children of Israel begin to complain, the Spirit of God, manifest itself as fire i can think of nothing else amen that is that is a better illustration to the point that we are making tonight than fire fire can be your friend but it can also be your enemy fire can warm food and it can light the house on fire praise god fire can warm you by night and it can incinerate an entire forest amen fire amen and those of us here in california know amen that wildfires can really cause a whole lot of damage and a whole lot of problems Problems, praise God. And the Spirit of God, amen, manifests itself as fire. Amen. I am afraid that in Pentecost, amen, we have narrowed, amen, the, the, the expression of the Spirit as fire down to only mean the excitement and the jubilance associated with receiving the Holy Ghost. We always talk about the Holy Ghost and fire keeping me alive. And we preach about the Holy Ghost and fire as being this thing that's going to light you up. Amen. Amen. And little fire, little fire emoji. Praise God. And, uh, and we kind of talk that way about the Holy Ghost. But I think that is a very narrow definition, amen, of what God is actually doing. And I want to preach to you tonight that it's time for us to make room for the broader and deeper significance of the Lord moving as fire. And Genesis chapter 4, it is the fire of God that revealed Abel had pleased God. But it was that same fire that revealed that Cain had upset God. It, amen. It was the fire of God that revealed that Cain hated Abel. It was the fire of God that revealed that Cain, amen, was a second-rate worshiper. It was the fire of God that revealed that Cain was a low-grade believer. It was the fire of God that revealed that Cain was a murderer. That fire that came down, amen, to, to, to swallow up the acceptance 
acceptable sacrifice of Abel was at the same time showing, amen, the twisted and wretched heart of Cain. Praise God. This fire of God, amen, not only reveals, amen, what is accepted, it also reveals what has been rejected. Amen. We pray, we sing, we preach about God setting us on fire, and we should. But let's be really clear about what that really means. Praise God. Matthew 3 and 11 says, I, John the Baptist speaking, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And he says, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John tells the people listening to him that day on the Jordan River, he says, you must repent and you must be baptized in water. But he goes on to tell them that there is one coming after him who will have an additional and superior baptism. It will be a baptism of fire. And he says his hand, speaking of Jesus, will fan the fire. In other words, this fire is going to get hotter. This fire is going to get bigger. And it won't be by accidental winds. It will be his hand, amen, that will be stoking that fire. He will induce the fire. Amen. He will make the fire grow bigger. And this fire will sweep across the floor, as John says. And it will uncover what is wheat. And it will burn up what is worthless. Amen. And let me give you the interpretation of the verse. If you have not caught it yet. The fire is the spirit. The floor is the church. The wheat is the saint. And the chaff is the ants, if you will. Hallelujah. Amen. The same spirit that ignites our church services twice a week is also the same spirit that's working to uncover who's really in the church seven days a week. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is interested in where the wheat is. God is interested in who's acting like chaff. God wants to know who's a saint and who's an ain't. Praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, we, we that, that, that's why you can't just live for Jesus Sunday and Wednesday. It's just not enough. That's why we're out here trying to give Bible studies because we don't want to get nobody, amen, turned into chaff. You don't want to be chaff in the church. Praise God. We don't need a church of chaff. We need a church of wheat. Praise God. Chaff is good for nothing. Chaff gets burned up. Praise God. I'm telling you, you're playing games if you only worship Jesus on Sunday and Wednesday. You're playing games. Praise God. If you're only doing religion twice a week, you're playing games if you only pray at church. You're playing games if you only sing here. Praise God. I'm telling you, honey, when Jesus returns, amen, everybody wants God to arrive but what about when he returns uh, amen when he returns I want him to find me in a weak condition praise God hallelujah I want him to find me the real thing amen really loving him really worshiping amen really living for him come on somebody hallelujah oh hallelujah oh hallelujah oh hallelujah 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 I, I'm not I'm, what I'm about to preach here is not me trying to get myself off the hook but there's going to come a moment where it don't matter what I do, we will lose people. And actually, I don't know of anybody that's leaving because I know pastors, they start preaching like this because somebody about to leave. I went to a church where every few months we got the, we got the God's purging the church sermon. God ain't purging the church. We need to call them, see where they at. We were purging the phone list is what we was doing. God wasn't doing nothing. Praise God. 
And, and let me just add, let me insert a, a real quick commercial here. There is so much fire in the church that we don't need to be a fire under nobody's feet. God is working overtime on every one of us. God don't need your help. I'm tired of, this, of these people that say, I'm just trying your spirit. You are nobody to try nobody's spirit. And all of us here have enough trials with just God being God and Jesus being Jesus that you don't need to come, amen, fanning any fire. Praise God. You, no, I, I will, you know what? If I have something to say to you, I'm just going to say it to you. Praise God. I'm not gonna, I, I am not going to try your spirit. I have no business trying your spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. God is trying you as is. Praise God. Who am I to compound? that trying who am i to add an additional layer and have double talk praise god if you got something to say just say it to somebody praise god but don't 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 try to act like joseph and play tricks on your brothers y'all can get quiet on me if you want to praise god amen hallelujah amen people got enough trials god is gonna work on i'm sorry i know nobody want to hear this god is gonna work you good you don't need me to additionally work you and you don't need the person next to you, husband, spouse, kid, anybody, working you additionally. Praise God. God himself, God himself is blowing the winds that stoke the fire and increase the heat. God himself is exciting the flames. The Bible says he'll fan it with his hand. He's not waiting for a good breeze to come. He's going to give you the Holy Ghost. You know, th- here's the problem. We, you, you'll never see nobody going through a trial and be like, whoo, I feel the Holy Ghost. We only do that when the music's good, the preaching's good. But, but, but we, we, we need to broaden. Guess what? You going through that trial, that's the Holy Ghost. I, I didn't think I'd get a big amen on that. Hallelujah. You learning how to faith it, how to make it. You finding out who you really are. You getting a conviction about who you really are. You getting a conviction about how you're going to dress. You getting a conviction about who you're going to marry. You getting a conviction about your spouse. You getting a conviction about how you're going to raise your kids. You, 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 all those things, they don't just come to you naturally. They come through trial. They come through error. They come through, they come through falling and getting back up. They come through making mistakes. Amen. They come through God fanning that fire. I'm, I'm, I can't tell you how many things I got a conviction about because I went through a long old trial. And I'm just, I'm just here to let you know. There is no greater teacher, amen, than the fan of God's hand, praise God. And I'm just telling you right now, amen, when you are going through a trial, that is God working on you, amen, and you do good, amen, to keep real quiet, amen, don't, don't walk around the house rebuking the devil, hallelujah, that might be Jesus doing a number on you, praise God, and God forbid you get to heaven, only find out you were rebuking the wrong person the whole time, hallelujah, amen, I'm, I'm just telling you, amen, there's times it's God dealing with you, it's God working on you, it's God. He, he, he has no option. That he, he promised you he was going to do it. Amen. Hebrews 12 and 29 says, our God is a consuming fire. Mark 9 and 49 says, everyone must be salted with fire. Proverbs 17 and 3 says, our thoughts are tested by the Lord like silver and gold are tested by flames of fire. 1 Peter 4 and 12 says, saints should not be surprised that they are going through testing that is like walking 
walking through fire. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 3 and 13 says that our entire life's work, our house, our families, our jobs, our careers, our ministries, our everything will be tried by fire. Praise God. You don't get to escape the fire, honey. In fact, you ought to be worried if there's no fire in your life. You ought to be worried if you've never been tested on the job. You ought to be worried if your marriage has never gone through a valley. You ought to be worried if your money ain't never been burned up. You ought to be worried if your health has never come under attack. You ought to be worried if God has never taken you on that long walk. Amen. Down the fiery lanes of the Holy Ghost. You ought to be worried, praise God, if you're only looking for goosebumps and shouts. Praise God. And we like the goosebumps and we like the shouts. Praise God. But I'm telling you, we understand that God is much more than that. Praise God. He is a consuming fire. He tries us. He tries our works. He tries our thoughts. He tries our marriages. He tries our parenting. He tries us when we're single. He tries us when we're married. He tries us when we got kids. He tries us. Come on, somebody. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. Oh, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, if you're not careful, you'll turn around and think every trial you have is somebody's fault. You're not careful. You'll start doing silly things. Laying hands on your kids, casting the devil out. You'll start doing silly things. Wait until your wife falls asleep. Cast the spirit out of her. Silly things. Anointing your husband's pillow. Praying God deliver him. Has it ever dawned on you that God is trying you? God is saying, you know, I notice you don't talk much. I notice you're kind of quiet. I notice you clam up a lot. I, know, I notice you lock up. I notice you hold grudges. I can't get you to heaven like that. So I'm going to fire you up right now. There's times I'm telling you, my wife, I love you, sweetheart. I love my wife. Praise God. God really blessed her with me. And uh, there's times I know she's, she's giving me a hard time. And I know, you know what, this has nothing to do with her. God is, God is dealing with me. I'm not going to get mad at her. I'm, it's getting quiet on me, praise God. That's all right. I, I preach it. I'm still preaching the English, praise God. It, and, and I don't even care. She, she, could, she could do what she wants because I understand. God is doing something in me. It's the fire. It's the fan. And the hand behind the fan. It's not some gnarled little creepy finger. Amen. Praise God. From, from the belly of hell. It is the hand of Jesus. It is, I can't tell you how many times I'm upset because my wife is not cooperating. And in the middle of my frustration, God says, you don't cooperate with me. Just letting you know how I feel. Letting you know how it feels when your beloved don't listen. That is good preaching, praise God. That's great preaching. Rarely heard preaching. Because I'm just telling you, 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 you're not looking at a pastor here that believes, praise God, that I could act however I want and everyone in my house has to just eat it. That's just not the way it works. I, I, I want a ministry and a marriage. In fact, if you don't have a marriage, you don't have a ministry. 
That's just the truth, folks. That's just the truth. Praise God. The Bible says that a bishop, that means pastor. A bishop should be the husband of one wife. Praise God. Amen. And I know that there are some rare situations where men have had to pastor on their own. But let's keep it 100. It's rare situations. And it's the exceptions. Praise God. And you will know when the individual is exceptionally anointed to be single. And trust me, if you ain't feeling that exceptionally single anointing on them, you just need to go ahead and find you another church. It's getting quiet. I'm still, I'm going to keep preaching in English. Praise God. Hallelujah. We just have to keep it 100. We just have to be honest. And what happens is a lot of folks, they, they, they want to narrow down the Holy Ghost to make me shout, Jesus. Let me feel the goosebumps, Jesus. Amen. Help us, help us, help us have a breakthrough, Jesus. Amen. Let's, let's have fiery prayer, Jesus. Let's make sure saints stop missing church, Jesus. Amen. Let's just, make sure, let's just make sure the church is rocking and rolling, praise God. And I'm telling you, we want all that. We pray for all that. We're fighting for all of that. We're trying to get to that, praise God. Amen. But we also realize that there's stuff God is doing Monday through Sunday. Yes, he's working on us. He's working on us to be better dads. He's working on us to be better moms. He's working on us to be better singles. He's working on us to be better seniors. He's working on us to be better kids. He's working on us to be better saints. Praise God. And there's only one way to get the job done by fire. Amen. The spirit will not only cause you to speak in tongues, it will convict you of your speech. The Spirit will not only cause you to jump and dance, it will convict you to sit down and listen to the preaching. The Spirit will not only cause you to have dreams and visions, it will cause you to throw away your television. Amen. The Spirit will not only cause you to rest, it will convict you of being lazy. Amen. The Spirit will not only lead us to, and guide us into all truth, it will convict us when we lie. I'm telling you, this fire has two sides to it. Praise God, this fire has two sides to it. On one side, amen, it's making us dance. And on the other side, it's telling us to sit down and listen. On one side, it's making us speak in tongues. And on the other, on the other hand, it's telling us don't say that. I'm telling you, this fire on one hand, amen, hallelujah, will give you dreams and visions. And on the other hand, it'll tell you, you better get off that YouTube channel. You better quit. You, be, you, you better keep on scrolling. Praise God, hallelujah. I'm telling you, this Holy Ghost, amen, hallelujah it will not only lead and guide you into great revelatory truths in the word in your life praise god it'll convict you of little white lies amen hallelujah uh, you call it whatever you want praise god god don't want us lying praise god the spirit the, the spirit's doing double duty amen i'm almost done preaching if the fire of god is only burning inside of us with excitement and exuberance we are not getting the full Holy Ghost experience. You know, we, we, I, I think, uh, well, whatever. We got, a, we got a Chinatown here in Oakland. You know, you go to Chinatown, it, it's kind of, you know, they sell produce differently. You go to Chinatown, you getting the whole duck. Some of y'all don't eat duck. You get the whole chicken. Right? I'm Mex Mexicans do the same thing. You go to the Mexican market, you're getting like the feet, the beak, the head. Right? Because, you know, there's still folks old school enough that know if you don't get the whole chicken, you just got, you just got ripped off. Yeah. 
You just got ripped off. Y'all don't want to hear this. They, you know, in, in American produce stores, they keep those feet, and they keep that beak, and they keep that head, and they put it, they use it to make stock. But you know, ethnic folk, they'll, they'll make their own stock. Thank you. I want the whole duck. I want the whole chicken. I want the beak, the claws, the whole thing. And we got to get like that about the Holy Ghost, where we want the whole thing. And we, and we, we got to start questioning stuff when we ain't getting the claws, the beaks, the whole thing. Some folks just want the, just, some folks just want the tender side, the, the tenders, and, and they just want the juicy parts and all that. But they don't, they don't want the other stuff, amen, the stuff that has substance and mineral, amen, the stuff that puts some, some, some in your bones, praise God. You got to want the whole thing, and when you're not getting the, when you're just shouting. When you're just talking in tongues, but you ain't getting convicted about the way you talk to your wife, you ain't getting the whole thing. You ain't getting the whole thing. When you don't hear a tiny voice say, all right, that's enough. You better go down to the church now and repent before you go home. You ain't getting the whole thing, praise God. Amen. When you just feel like jumping, praise God, but you can't tithe, you ain't getting the whole thing, praise God. I'm just telling you right now, when you just, when you just want to just do whatever you want to do, marry whoever you want to marry, be with whoever you want to be with, go wherever you want to go, praise God, hallelujah, amen, and, and, and still shout and dance, but I'm telling you, and feel no conviction about the people you date and feel no conviction about your private lifestyle. You ain't getting the whole thing, honey. Amen. You ain't getting the whole thing. Praise God. Come on, somebody. You ain't getting the whole thing. I used to, when I was a new convert, all I worried about was the goosebumps. I still get them. I still get them. I was praying this morning. I was twitching next to my wife. I'd be twitching when I pray. I was like, I'm going to wake my wife up. She probably thinks I'm going to try to get her up to pray. I'm not. I was just feeling it. And I get worried if I don't feel the twitch come on me. Praise God. But let me tell you something. I get really worried. I get really worried when I start acting funny and there's not a little voice. Yeah, this is exactly what God was doing with the prophet. The Bible says a fire, an earthquake. The Bible says the Lord was not in it. It says, and then a still, small voice. A still, small voice told him, come out of the cave. And when you don't feel that call out of the cave, that's when you should really start sweating bullets. You're not getting the whole experience. I'm closing with this because we still got a lot of verses that we're, this, this 11th chapter is rich. We're barely in verse 1 through 3. But I'm going to tell you this. The saddest part, the saddest part of these first several verses is this. The, the Bible says, and they prayed to Moses. That actually is sad. They cried unto Moses, and Moses prayed unto the Lord. It, they, they had become so disconnected. That it never dawned on them. You know, God will listen to me. I can actually talk to God. And he will talk back to me. I can have a relationship with him. Let me tell you something, folks. God is personal. He is very, very personal. 
I was at my mother's house the other day for uh, Mother's Day, or as Ayla calls it, Mexican Mother Day. Praise God. Hispanics do Mother's Day one day after. Praise God, man. Because you know we just we late to everything. Praise God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Praise God. I'm 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 Hispanic. Uh, and there was these twins, uh, young men I grew up with. I remember them very well. And uh, one of them grew up to be, they, they both went through college. Uh, and one of them went on to be very successful. But we, we were raised in a, in a, in a kind of rather cultish religion. That's how I knew them. We were legalists. And in our religion, the rule was you can't tell nobody anything. <laughs> I remember we, they, we were just basically my parents and everybody that we rolled with were just a bunch of hippies. Nobody wore shoes. Everyone had long hair, boys included. And uh, we didn't kill animals and we didn't eat them. And just a lot of tofu involved. <laughs> Praise God. A lot of tofu. And um, Michael, I believe was the, the young man's name, became a drug addict. Became a drug addict. And uh, he's my age, and so truth be told, he probably was strung out on dope at the same time I was. Because, you know, when you grow up just believing there's no rules your whole life, there's just no rules. Who's to tell you anything? And uh, Michael had a degree, so his situation was a little bit, you know, discouraging to those who loved him because he, he had so much promise. And he went home one night, and he hit his mom. He was high on drugs. He was drunk. And his mom was now older and maturing in age, and he, he slapped her. He hit her. And so she said, you know, you can't live here anymore. You're going to hurt me. I'm old. You know, your, your dad's not helping me, and um, I, can't, I can't have you. She told my mom, she said, it was the hardest thing I ever did. She said, he walked out the door that day, and I cried because I, I knew my son's probably going to die. He's going to probably just kill himself. And uh, he actually ended up living under a bridge for about a year. And uh, his mother said, I knew the bridge where he lived, and I had to fight every day. Every day I had to fight not to go look for him under that bridge. And one day a little church, group of church folk, came down under the bridge and giving out some free bread. Michael took the free bread. They said, there's more of this if you want it. Pentecostal group, I don't, they're, they're not of us, sort of church folk. And uh, said, there's more food if you want some. He said, I want some. Michael started going down the church every day just for food. Praise God. But then they, they got him to stay for Bible study. Amen. And then Michael started going to church. Praise God. He started getting off drugs, started getting off alcohol. And then started reading his Bible. Praise God. 
got himself cleaned up. Hallelujah. Got himself, got himself on the right track. Amen. And today he's, a, he's some big CEO of some financial group. Praise God. And uh, he, my mom said he, he's got more money than he knows what to do with. And my mom said that when he went back to school to get his Ph.D., uh, he had to sit before a board, uh, and they were, they were asking him questions. And uh, they said, they said, Michael, they said, what is your, your five-year plan? And he looked back, and they were all waiting for, for a real fancy answer as to what he was going to do with his Ph.D. and what financial moves he was going to make and da-da-da. He said, I don't know. He said, I belong to God. He said, and I'll do whatever God wants. And my mom said, that, that boy is faith. You know, my mom thinks us church folk are kind of weird. So she's like, he goes to his church just as much as you do. He's one of you people. But Michael found out under that bridge, God's, God's a personal God. I could talk to him. And he won't play with me. I may end up under a bridge. That fire might put me under a bridge. But if I let it, it'll also burn up all the stuff that'll put me under a bridge. And if I engage it and have a relationship with it, it'll burn the chaff off my brain. It'll burn the chaff off my decisions. It'll give me convictions where I could talk to Amen to my professors and those examining me and testing me. And I'll be able to tell them I'm going to church and I'm tithing every last penny I got. And I'll let God prosper me. And it won't matter what people think. Won't even matter what my parents think. He's the pride and joy of his mother today. And he told everybody, I'm glad my mom left me down there. In that fiery pit. Praise God. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. Maybe they're not even here. Maybe they're watching. But it's time to really engage the spirit. It's time to really get the full experience. It's time to mature. and to, It's time to leave Mount Sinai. It's time to stop the complaining. And it's time to start wondering where that little voice went. And it's time to take church home. It's time to want the whole thing. Both sides of the flame. Let's stand. Praise God. I know I preached long today. I wasn't trying to.